Hello and welcome to the reaction. Uh, we will be reacting to Celtic's dominant display at Easter Road as we swept aside Hibernian four goals to nil in what was uh, an interesting game of football. Uh, highs uh, very much in the high area. I don't know. I've had two glasses of wine, I will be honest with you. Uh, here we go. We're going to talk about uh, Hibs winning, Hibs Celtic winning four goals to nil. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm joined today by uh, Christopher Samani. Hello, Christopher. How are you, sir? Evening, Christopher. Uh, absolutely delighted after that. Um, great performance and good to end the year with a victory. Absolutely. So terrific stuff. Uh, Colin Kearney's also here. Hi, Colin. How are you, friend? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I second that. What a what a wee treat for the the, the weird um, beranium, meranium, or whatever you call it. Uh, the little bars of the year, and uh, yeah, a terrific, terrific experience. Terrific. I've also had a couple of beers. Yes, I uh, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about there with beranium or whatever. Fucking you know energy. the perineum. It's like the the merry meranium. It's the the little bit between Christmas and New Year. Look it up. I'm not going to go into too much more detail about what the premium is. Uh, I will not be looking it up. I can assure you that. <laughs> uh, yes, it's that. Go, go on incognito mode and look it up. <laughs> I don't go on. I go on incognito. No, we'll leave it there. Uh, okay, so, um, no, it, it was a fantastic victory. Um, some really good football played. Um, lots of um, kind of points to pick up on. Let's get the kind of general thoughts on the panel. Uh, Colin, we'll start with yourself. What are your general thoughts on that game now that we've uh, we've got over the, the hump that was uh, Hibs? Incred- incredibly positive. I think that um, it was a very enjoyable game of football. It seems that we're continuing in the... The sort of mould uh, from Saturday's game, I felt that uh, I think there the, the was mainly highs. I think the only sort of I feel like um, the only kind of real sort of letdown was Abada seems to have gone back to his old ways of being a wee bit ineffective and a bit lacking in confidence taking on uh, his man. Uh, but on the whole, some really adventurous play, uh, mixing it up. Um, I was really delighted that Hibs. Um, had a go at us from the off and um, didn't actually change their tactics throughout the whole game. So uh, I was pleased to see them playing openly because I thought we could play play football and have a good win. And that's what happened. Absolutely. Chris, your thoughts on the game? Um, I thought it was a really important victory. I think that we showed a bit of kind of, you know, a bit of steel coming up against adversity because as much as it's 4-0 and we dominated the vast majority of that match that first 20 minutes I was pretty nervy to be perfectly honest yeah Hibbs uh, manager uh, what's the manager's name Lee Again, Johnson Lee Johnson sorry I, I knew it was Lee but I couldn't remember his surname I was, heard them on the radio saying that they were going to come and try and win the game and he said that if they do that they're going to their play, his players would have to give it like a 9 out of 10 if they're going to try and um, take points from us today and he was true to his word he, he came at us and we were unsteady I thought the Carol Starfelt in particular, but the centre half pairing meant that we were well able to weather that storm. And then after that, because they they came out, they were trying to take you know the game to us. Our quality just absolutely showed through. And for me, it was a bit of a statement win, given the fact the next games in the second uh, at Ibrooks, um, they started a bit earlier than this tonight, got a couple of goals ahead and you know by the end of it we've actually won by one more goal than they have so it's almost like we've went to a harder game away from it we've made a statement and uh, 
roll on to the next game, please. Yes, I, I think tonight is a as a perfect example of why um, the criticism of kind of Carl Starfelt that he has received throughout his short Celtic career, you know, a lot of it's unsubstantiated. Um, you know, some of it is substantiated. There is evidence at the very, very start. We're not going to go over old ground. But Starfelt to me today just showed how good a defender he is. And I know, Chris, you always kind of highlight that idea of, you know, if if you could choose between a ball-playing centre-half that's a bit dodgy on the defensive side or just a really, really good defender, you would go for the really good defender. And I'm, I'm kind of very similar to that as well. Um, I thought Starfield was excellent. I thought CCV was solid, as he always is. CCV being that solid base, I think, allows the other centre-half to kind of express himself a little bit more. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll come on to all that, don't worry. But the line-up... Sorry, Colin, do you want to come in? No, no, no. Okay. I'm just spinning um, my pencil. That's fine. Uh, second win in 10 games, which again highlights how hard a place Easter Road is to go for us. Um, and, you know, it shouldn't be underestimated how difficult this ground is for us to go into to actually win. Um, the lineup itself, when we, uh, we we saw it, let me talk you through it. Um, Joe Hart was in goals. We had Rio Hatati at right back, again, just similar to the St. Johnston game. Carter Vickers in Starfield, as we mentioned, at centre half. Greg Taylor at left back. Midfield three of McGregor. O'Reilly and Moy stepping in for Hatati again um, in the number eight position. Then we had Abada and Maeda each side of Kyogo. Um, the bench also had Sigrist, Jens, Jakamakis, Jota, Bernabe, Abelgard, Forrest, Vata and Juranovic. Chris, when you saw the lineup, um, happy, sad, positive, negative, what was your thoughts on it? Concerned about Hatati at right back, um, he was great on Saturday, but he was great on Saturday because we didn't face an attacking threat. Yeah. He's obviously a wonderful football player. He's so comfortable on the ball, but defensively, he's he's not a right-back, right? So that was the first thing that uh, was in my mind, thinking that's not something that I'm particularly comfortable with. You know, this may be construed as negative by some people, but I've seen enough tonight at the points where there was an attacking impetus from Hibs to suggest that I do not want to see him starting it right back on the 2nd of January. But other than that, I was happy with the side. I think um, most of those players are in form. Maybe, you know, O'Reilly's having a bit of a tough time just now, but that was a really strong side. Um, minus the wee concern about Hitati, I, I thought we had more than enough to go and take the game to them. Colin, your thoughts on the lineup when you saw it? My main concern was the lack of uh, Haksabanovic on the bench, but I think uh, I heard that he's picked up a wee knock, hopefully not too serious. Um, I was just pleased to see Vata uh, on on the bench as well, um, because I'm looking forward to seeing a wee bit more of him and uh, I kind of wish we'd, well, we'll we'll get to it later on, but uh, yeah, I was pleased to see him on the bench and good to see uh, JJ back as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Probably a bit too early to to bring him back, to be honest. But um, it was it was kind of reassuring that if um, if Hatati did really struggle, that we would have some backup. Absolutely. Juranovic um, not coming on. I think um, we can talk towards the end of the pod on on our thoughts on that. Uh, no, Ralston uh, on the bench um, again. A little bit of a worry coming into the second, but again. We can we can focus on that as as I'm waiting. Uh, I was happy to see uh, uh, Maeda and Kyogo up front. Abada, um, I thought he deserved his, his his chance to kind of start again. We can talk about his performance overall. Um, but yeah, the only kind of fear I had as well was um, Hitati. In that, I think he's a magnificent footballer. I think he is magnificent in his position. I think he did very well against St Johnston. But I also had a sort of uh, 
there was a thought around the idea of if they kind of try to funnel most of their attacking options down their or, or kind of their left hand side or right hand side, um, it could be a kind of tough night for them. And it, it wasn't a tough night for them, Chris, but there were tough moments for them very early on as well. What's your thoughts on how he kind of took to that role at the start? Yeah, I mean, it's not like he did anything particularly wrong. It's just that he looked like a central midfielder <laughs> fitting in at right back, you know, in terms of his position and things like that. I mean, I don't want to kind of, now I'm sure we're not going to, but I, don't, I wouldn't want to focus on it too much. No, but no. it's it's something that concerned me, something that at times you thought, you know, you maybe should be tracking that run, you know, you shouldn't be there. Um, which quickly changed when we were on the front foot because having him, especially in an inverted fullback role, you're still going to get that quality from him. And I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, some of the things that he did later on. Yes. But generally speaking, it, it was just enough for me to say there, we, you're there because we're in a pinch. I'd rather you weren't there, you weren't there tonight. But overall, you know, once the game changed, there wasn't any trouble with him being there. Uh, Colin, how do you think we started the game? Uh, well, I think early on there was a very kind of soft foul given against Kyogo, and that started a little um, yeah. purple patch for Hibs, and we gave away a couple of corners. I think we were we were a little bit unsettled. Maybe that's you know Hatati not comfortable in that role, um, but there is. Um, I think in the third minute there was a an offside goal, uh, a goal for Hibs that was ruled offside. And I think that shows that Hatati was on it enough to keep the line and uh, we, were play- we were playing as a defence. Um, yeah, point. so it did, it, did feel, it did feel a little bit loose. There was some loose passing and there were some warning signs, but I feel that um, uh, Starfelt was really, with his big mopping bucket was coming in and and clearing up and then we were starting to calm down in the sort of fifth minute onwards yeah um i've put you know um pretty scrappy start we gave away some really kind of uh, we give away two or three corners in the first couple of minutes offside goal um and as, as colin says it's a good point colin um he was offside the line uh was kept um uh with with the tatty there but it did come down chris it did come down our left hand side as well that's the thing um it was offside. It doesn't really matter. We don't have to focus on it too much. But Hibs had. Uh, it's weird because they had this momentum, but I still felt. I felt anxious, but not like oh my god, we're getting overrun. If you know what I mean. It, I think we get anxious in that way because some few teams do it to us. Now I think that you know we do it to other teams as well, especially in Europe, where you're coming at. The opposition full throttle. You're trying to unsettle them. You're pressing. You're harrying them, and we looked a wee bit uncomfortable with that. Now, overall, I thought Starfelt and CCV were were rock solid. So much the same as you, I was uncomfortable. Um, at times, a bit anxious about it. But at the well, at the time, you're anxious and uncomfortable. But even looking back now, you can just see how fairly comfortable Starfelt and CCV were in particular. Um, in terms of dealing with that, that's what I think you get with those two. I mean, this isn't the podcast to talk about, you know, there's a lot of the support that would want a more natural ball-playing centre-half in there. I'd be loath to break them two up just in any way, shape or form, just because I think what what they bring, that's not to say that, you know, that might not change going forward, but when you're in situations like that, defensively, those two are just so cool and calm under pressure. So, 
Yes, I, I would. I would tend to agree. It's. I'm not wanting to over egg the pudding here. We were a wee bit shaky, a wee bit uncomfortable when they pressed. Um, well, but even at that, you know, we dealt with it admirably. Do you know who wants to over egg the pudding? Andy Walker, I think, wants to over egg the pudding. He wants to talk about how Hibs were outstanding and and great, and Celtic were really dodgy. When in reality, um, Celtic take control of the ball, uh, Colin, and other than that sort of counter attacking aspect that Hibs have, where it would be a lot of the time down to misplaced passes from us because we were still a little bit scrappy. Celtic, when Celtic take control of the ball uh, from about the fifth, sixth, seventh minute onwards, we just have possession. Yeah, I mean, Andy Walker really does commentary for the the hard of thinking. <laughs> he talks utter garbage all the time. Um, yeah, I think like the sort of the the, the offense, the offensive kind of uh, start was Maida having a diving header. It went quite close. And that's when we were sort of calming down a little bit. Unlike you guys, I I, I really wasn't nervous um, in the open. I was really pleased to see Hibs coming out confident because I really felt. I mean, this is this this may be just kind of Christmas cheer and you know all optimistic, but I was like, oh great, come at us, we'll 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 take it, we'll absorb it, and we'll take you apart. And I would almost prefer them to have five minutes of pressure at the beginning with us weathering it than us applying that pressure and not scoring, which is, you see quite a lot, like we'll pile in there, but we won't convert our chances. And then you get more anxious because you've got more possession and more uh, shots, but nothing's going right. So I was, yeah, I I don't know, um, but I had a sort of weird element of confidence about it. Um, And uh, yeah, so um, what's the, yeah, nothing. We just kind of take control for the next like five minutes or so until um, Porteous starts putting these big, Dirty bits in, yeah. The, the, starts kicking people a bit. See the the Portis one on uh, Abada, where Abada's got the ball. Abada skin. I think actually this is in the second half, is it? Um, but I just want to bring this up where Abada's got the ball. Abada takes on three Hibs players. He does that thing where he takes them on brilliantly, and then he's got time to think, and he yeah. uh, he doesn't know what to do. Um, but then Portis comes in. Okay, he does win the ball, but he fouls him. He cuts, he cuts right through in the back of him, but he, he touches the ball, but he goes right through. Yeah, and then Andy Walker goes, ah, oh, he, he won the ball there, no problem at all. And it's just like, well, Jesus, like, he literally rattles through him. You thought it was a foul, Chris? Yeah, I thought it was a foul. Um, he quite clearly, yeah, he takes the ball, but you don't. he takes the ball with excessive force there. And I've seen Porteous punished for similar challenges before where he's taken the ball. Now, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that was dangerous play, but in other challenges, he's taken the ball cleanly, but because of the force and the, you know, whatever way he goes in, it's been kind of, kind of called as that. So, as much as I wouldn't, that you know, that I wouldn't say that's dangerous play, the fact of the matter is that he took the ball doesn't, you know, negate the fact that it's a foul and he follows right, right through the back of a badder. I mean, in Scottish football, a lot of Scottish football fans revere that, you know, tough tackling sort of stuff. And, you know, again, this isn't maybe the podcast for a debate in that, but sometimes it's to the detriment of, yeah, you know, technique and football and ability, you know. So, aye, for me it was a foul and Walker was just a bit of a dick when he was talking about that. Ryan Portis is going to make a Stoke manager very, very happy when he turns up. <laughs> Whatever Stoke manager it is, he's just going to make him very, very happy. Um, I've got notes here, you know... 18th minute, um, I've just put Celtic playing well but not really getting into a flow. Um, there was an example of this is when we had the throw-in. I, I, I think it's Hattati takes a throw-in 
and it, he throws it directly. He throws it. The, the Hibs player inter, in, intercepts it and hits it across the kind of box. You know, it's not really much of a shot, but I think that was a little bit of a, a wake up call for us because in the twenty seventh minute, um, we take the lead. We go one 0 up. Uh, Colin, talk us through the goal. Yeah. So um, this is kind of Maida, who I think had an exceptional game, and I, I felt I felt like he was getting a really. Uh, lowballed by the commentary, you know they kept they were really like hanging him out to dry for like missing headers and stuff. I thought he was great today, yeah. But um, he was jinking down the left, and um, he gets a really good cross in, and then um, I think there's a bit of a deflection maybe, but it, it, like I think the ball was going towards Kyogo, and there's a deflection that takes away from him, but like fortunately Moisier to to pick it up, and he absolutely. Blast it on the half volley, and it's uh, as as uh, regular regular says no, no, they don't. Uh, I love a half volley. I just love a volley, um, and I'm so glad that he's got his first goal as well. I think uh, I think this you could almost look at. Um, I think his star's been in the ascendancy, and today I think he really arrived. Yeah, yeah, excellent way of putting it. Um, what I loved about the the goal was you heard the ball hitting the back of the net. You heard that yeah. smack. Uh, Chris, what do you make of it? Um, I thought it was it was a really well worked goal. I think, I mean, early too early for this man of the match contenders. There's a few man of the match contenders. Two of them were involved in this goal. Um, Maida, I mean, you, you you can see why Maida frustrates at times with some of the things that he did in this game. He his wing play. I think it was Caden. He had him on absolute toast, toast for yeah. most of the game. That wee extra yard of pace, he would just burn them past them. But then. He's diving header where it looked as if he could have just went at it with his foot. And then the one that he hits off the bar, you're just thinking, that's the sort of thing that frustrates you about Maida. But then you get the bit of quality in terms of the assist for the goal. Spoilers, what comes next from him. Uh, and I just thought his directness today and um, how much of a torrid time Cadden's had against him. Um, I, I thought he was excellent. Did well to get the ball across. Obviously, he had the wee deflection. And then it was really, really important for Moy for me to do that because he's not had a goal. And as much as his game's not particularly about that, he seems to kind of sit more deep for us. He has started playing more advanced now. And it's important, I think, in that midfield to kind of get your name onto the score sheet. We can see that O'Reilly's maybe having a tougher time than he had. And one of the things that people point to is that he's not got a goal this season. See if you've got O'Reilly and Moy that aren't firing on all cylinders. You know, it, it starts to get a bit light there. So it was really, really pleasing for me to see him get his goal. And um, it was it was a great finish. Just, you know, on the half volley, to hit it with that pace, as much as it was close to Marshall, he had absolutely no chance with it. Uh, the thing I'll say as well, um, Cadden's a really good player. Like at this level, I think Chris Cadden's a really, really good player. And Maeda had the beating of him. Um, I think, you know that way sometimes when a fullback who is known for getting forward, which Cadden is, you know, a fullback like that kind of has one or two kind of dodgy moments because the opposition winger is pressing them. He doesn't go forward as much. And that's kind of what he did. Cadden just kind of dropped back. So what that does, how Maeda was playing, not only brings an attacking element to us, but it kind of nullifies them as well. Their, their, their kind of fullback play. Um the ball across was, you know, it took a deflection, but it was still well delivered. The half volley, that's the type of half volley that you really can balloon over the fucking bar so easily. And to have the control and the technique to kind of just hit it down, it goes in, um, he runs away, 
look, big smile on his face. Um, he's, he, he looks like a curmudgeon. It looks like even when he's playing really, really well, he's got that curmudgeonly sort of, I am playing well, what are you going to do? Sort of thing. But it was good to see a little bit of joy in his face. Um, but then from, from there, that was the 27th minute. And then Celtic just, you know, piling on the agony, putting on the style. Um, 35th minute, we, we have to talk about, we have to talk about Maida's missed opportunity. I don't think it was as bad as was kind of said, but I also think he has to score. Um, Hitati hits a ball to Abada. Abada's delivery is excellent, right to the back post. Maida's at the back post. And he headers it off the bar. When it's it's one of those cliches to say it's easier to score Colin than to hit the bar. But um, it was frustrating and he probably should have scored. Thoughts? Well... <clears throat> I mean, they were sort of, I think the thing is, he is heading up and it hits the bar, but when you actually look at who the line is pretty uh, congested with Hibbs defenders. So if he heads it down, it's probably going to get blocked anyway. So I think he was trying to like get it over the defense, basically like a mini wall on the line. Um, it's one of those things. I think like, I, I'm also a bit of a dinosaur and I love diving headers and they come <laughs> off that I think they're so cool. But um and I, I think he was I think he was unlucky and also before before that he was also really helping out the defence. He like absolutely snuffed out um like a, a kind of slightly dangerous looking uh, attack from Hibbs. Um and yeah, I would have liked to see it going in, but I don't think it was like as cataclysmic as some people were making out. Yeah, absolutely. Um we were talking about Hatati. He had a couple of kind of moments where you, you know, the boy, um, the kind of wide uh, left winger for Hibs. His name's Johan. Johan. Um, they were calling him Yuan, like he was from the fucking valleys. Uh, oh, Yuan. Oh, Yuan's got the ball. Um, but you know, Hatati had a couple of dodgy moments where um, he kind of, you know, his his pace and his passing kind of, kind of, you know, beat him a couple of times. But he then kind of started to to develop and started to move up and kind of doing what Maeda was doing to, to their other fullback and kind of nullified him a little bit. The pass to Abada was excellent. Chris, he's got to score, but also, as you know, Colin says, it was a congested box. You forget about it um, pretty immediately after it, <laughs> but, it, you know, I was shouting quite loudly at him at that point, especially with the, the wee diving header they did earlier on. <laughs> that one annoyed me even more. It was like, why don't you just go like that with your foot? So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think you get that when you're you're going to get moments of real quality, but you're also going to get moments where you're shouting and screaming at the TV. But it's an easily forgivable one. It's one of those ones as well. It's, you know, say it never, you know, things didn't work out the way that they worked out today. You know, it's not going to be in any sort of compilation of the worst misses of all time or anything like that. You know, it was, it would have been a bad miss, but, you know, you wouldn't have been talking about it years from now or anything like that. See if that was any other winger. If that was Jota, or that was Abada, or that was Haxabanovich. Do you think we'd be more forgiven? Do you think we're a little bit more critical of Maida because he's played as a striker and therefore you have that sort of idea in your head, well, you play as a striker, so therefore you should have striker's instincts when in reality, he is a winger who's played up front. Is that fair to say? What's your thoughts, Chris? Potentially, but he's also scored headers for us. So, you know, say somebody, you know, like a bad or Jota, who are not renowned for their aerial ability, go up for it. You would maybe put that down to it. But you've seen the fact that Maida has scored headers for us. So you expect his standard of heading to be better than them. 
irregardless of the fact you know that he's played through in the middle. Just generally speaking, I think we've seen that. So I think it would be fair to say that my expectations of him would be high, you know, higher than it would be for somebody like Jota or Abada. Um, and I don't apologise for that. That's it. Hey, listen, high standards are why we're here. Um, Call in the thirty-fifth minute. Uh, we've got a miss from Maeda. Also the 35th minute, we've got <laughs> an outrageous finish from him. Uh, talk us through your thoughts. Well, this thing is a, shows good mentality because he's just had um, the the worst miss in the world. Um, <laughs> and uh, No, but like he he's kind of causing a nuisance. And the, the def- his man, the defender slips like sort of in the middle of the park. But so that's just after... Uh, Dyson slipped as well, so they right. both had we. I mean, that pitch was a absolute state by the looks of it. Mm. Um, anyway, but he sort of finds his feet, controls the wall beautifully, and just like weaves in. And it was almost like Jota esque, you know. He kind of cuts in, made himself some room, and curled it into the corner, and just yeah, completely expunging any uh, any memory of the of the diving header beforehand. So, yeah, cracker. Yeah, cracker. Chris, it, Colin highlights the idea of mentality, and you know, a lot of players. Sometimes their head could go down, but just picks up the ball. He, he makes it happen almost instantly to kind of get that monkey off his back straight away. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's you, you see in the manager's face after it, you know, he's kind of smirking to himself, you know, and that smirk said what everybody was thinking. You miss that and then you go and do that. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the way to kind of wipe it clean. Obviously, the goal's all about Maida, but I think you need to give a shout out to Greg Taylor for his run because... Yes. Him and Maida had been linking up down that line and they were totally sold a pup with his run because that's something that we'd been doing. And then Maida obviously jinks inside and, and does what he does. And it's a phenomenal finish, it really is. And it's important to do it at that point as well because as much as we had most of the ball, we were we had, by that point we had kind of gained an attacking impetus. You know, up until that point, 1-0, still a bit edgy. But then when you get the second... That forces Hibs. They can't do anything else now. It's not like you know they can they can you know snatch a goal and decide to kind of try and shut up shop at two 0 They need to come out more, which was going to suit us. So really important time to get that second goal and uh, one for the collector's book. One, I mean, an absolutely terrific. Uh, you know, you're right. You know, Greg Taylor does peels off down the down the kind of left hand side and. Um, my, it's almost like a. He doesn't even do the. He doesn't even have to do the drop of the shoulder because the players are kind of switching over, and he just kind of drives in and he looks up and he hits this absolutely tremendous finish into the corner. Uh, Marshall's got no chance, um, nope. and he just runs off. And as you say, that the, the Angie's because Angie's reaction to the the missed header was one of frustration, and his reaction to the goal was one of joy, but also sort of as you say, like fucking hell, what. <laughs> You know, you've, you've you've scored the harder one. You've 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 missed the easier one. But um, you know, the game kind of that was the thirty fifth minute, and for the next ten minutes, we're very comfortable. Um, there is a Hibs hit the post, but it's one of those where it's a small deflection and it's from a throw in. I think Hart kind of probably it doesn't hit the edge of the post. It hits like the far edge of the post. So you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, we go in one. Uh, sorry, we go in two 0 at half time. Um. I'm going. I'm going to be a little bit uh, crit- not critical, but the the one thing I said at halftime when I was talking to Claire was we've really not seen a lot of Kyogo. Hmm. Um, you know, and you know, I think you made the point, Colin, about the kind of soft challenge at the 
almost within the first minute where he was kind of um he was spoken to um his movement is great and his movement opens up up play but I was a little bit frustrated just because I didn't think he was getting on the ball enough. Colin, what was your thoughts on, on, on Kyogo at this point? Um, I felt that he was getting, Hibs were really zeroing in on him and bullying him. And uh, it seemed like he was on the ground a lot for fouls that weren't given. Um, and I think that they were really, even though there was other things happening and threats were coming from other parts of the park, they just seemed determined to sort of kick him out, kick him around a wee bit. Um yeah, and the thing is, like, I think his movement, it's almost like one of these cliches, like, because, you know, people say, oh, his movement's great, and but there's an implication that that's not enough. Uh, and it's not if you're a striker. But um, as we as we will see, he, he shows his, uh, his striker credentials in the second half. But, yeah, I felt that he was being well-contained by Hibs, and um, he was finding it difficult to to sort of really break free of that wee cage in the sort of middle where he likes to operate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is the thing. is just not, if, if our striker's having a quiet half and other people are coming up and sort of lifting the weight, you know, especially when it's Moy coming into the coming into zone. And, again, like, sorry to go on about it, but I think another thing about Maida's goal is um, he doesn't score a lot of pretty goals, and that was a pretty goal. And I think that's a really good thing for him for the support and he's a bit of a whipping boy in waiting really sometimes I think so um, and I thought Abada he had a couple of good crosses but I think he was miles off it uh, even more so than Kyogo so um, I think uh, the rest of the team were really sort of picking up the slack Yeah I, I mean I, I'd also maybe say kind of Matt O'Reilly um, had, he, he had two and this is the thing about O'Reilly he had two outrageous passes in the first half one pass was to Moy where he picks up an hour kind of the right hand side kind of half space and he puts this ball through to, to Moy Moy blasts it over and he had another couple but you know Chris you know you know Moy sorry not Moy um, O'Reilly and Kyogo quiet in the first half Abada maybe not as effective Um you want you want them to kind of come out in the second half and kind of make a statement out of that. Those players or the team, you mean? Those players. Because I think the team as a whole were playing really, really well. And I don't think those players were particularly bad. I just don't think they had as much of an impact in the first half as I was hoping. But just the, 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 the game before a derby. O'Reilly, more so than anybody for me. Now, Abada, you know, he's hot and cold. I've made my feelings clear on Abada. If he's not scoring, he's generally not doing much. You know, I, I, I've i seen him have worse games. Jeez, that's a ringing. <laughs> I've seen him have worse games for us. I thought, you know, he stood the ball up really nicely for, for Maida, for the for the header that he, he, that he missed. Um, but, you know, he wasn't particularly good. You get that way, Abada. Yeah. Kyogo as well. Um, we debated it to death on the weekly in terms of where we might be as a striking option. But O'Reilly, for me, is a guy who I hoped and had expected to go to another level this season, and he hasn't done it. And as much as the goal thing, if you will, the fact that he's not scored is a wee bit of a kind of an albatross at the moment as well. His performances just haven't been good. Now, some people have suggested that's coincided with McGregor returning to the side. Well, probably a wee bit before that, but... O'Reilly played really quite well at times in the sixth row when McGregor was out, especially in the Champions League. And um, since then, he's maybe not gone to the levels that we hoped he had. 
if you'd asked me two, three, four weeks ago or whatever before the World Cup, what would your midfield three be for Ibrox? It would have been McGregor, assuming he was back fit, Hatati and O'Reilly. It's not that now. And it's O'Reilly that I think he'll miss out. And I think that's that's what was disappointing for me today, especially the one where he side foots it and Marshall makes a good save. There's parts of me that thinks it's preying on O'Reilly's head because there was certain passes that he made where he was trying something that was you know, a bit more adventurous and you're go- there's going to be times when those passes don't come off. We've talked about that before, especially with Hatati. Um, but he was trying them and you- I could see he was visibly getting frustrated, not just today, but in some other games as well. So I would have loved to have seen him make a wee statement tonight, but he didn't. And that's a concern going forward. Um, so, yeah, I-, I kind of made that point about those three players and turned it into that point about O'Reilly, but for me, I, I'm a wee bit disappointed of with his level recently, um, and and today I don't think he was he was it was a, a brilliant game from put it that way. Yeah, um, we got into the second half and um, straight away, well, I say straight away. There's we, it's very much again controlled. We're two 0 up. Hibs have to come out. They don't come. They're not as aggressively coming out as you'd expect them to. But the fifty second minute, um, there's a ball whipped in and Nisbet has a free header. Yeah. That he completely misses, Colin. That's the sort of thing we really need to make sure that we don't fall into that trap when we're a couple of goals up, lack of concentration. Yeah, my notes for this uh, half time were like we need to we need to sort of come out in the second half and weather a storm and not concede a goal early in the second half to make it sort of uh, you know to sort of bring some tenseness back to things. Um, and I think they were trying to do that. Uh, I think Nisbet was really quiet in the first half, and I think we're kind of lucky he didn't seem to be kind of on form because uh, if you were if you were firing all cylinders, you would probably put that in the back of the net. Um, but I think that again, um, Starfelt snuffed out a good couple of uh, attacks and was kind of clearing things up, and. Um, then I think that was the last. The, the, I think that missed header was kind of not the last we saw of them, but uh, it was basically back into sort of domination time. Absolutely, uh, the one where uh, Porteous is on the wing and uh, he gets the ball in, but um, Starfield takes him out afterwards is absolutely delicious. Uh, take <laughs> some of that, friend. Fifty uh, second minute, Celtic got a penalty. What is going on? Celtic got a penalty. Um, mm. I absolutely. Fantastic pass from Greg Taylor that takes yeah. out about, you know, two lines of, of, of play that gets all the way to Maeda. Maeda passes the ball across to, I think he's, he's searching for a badder, but the ball bounces up and Newell, it's a handball. I put hander here. It's a hander from Newell. Um, nah, I don't think it'll catch on. Yeah, I'll, I'll get rid of that. Um, Chris, it was a penalty. Definite penalty. Um, in real time, if you actually see the still from, you know, you, Maeda was well onside, but when they gave the penalty, I thought in my head, I bet this is offside. I bet yeah. he's half a yard offside or something like that. But he wasn't. And when he puts the ball across the box, you know, that's his hands in an unnatural position. It moves towards blah, 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 stone wall. That was just a very easy decision to make. And it was a pleasant surprise for us to get a penalty for a handball, even though it didn't go to Val, the ref gave it immediately, you know, but. Um, it was good to see it not overturned, put it that way. Do you know that's the first penalty we've got since 1967? Since we won the European Cup, that's actually the first penalty we've got domestically. Can you believe that? 
yeah. Because uh, that's a well-known fact, Christopher. Just a bit of fun. Uh, we get the penalty. Um, as you say, there's a VAR check on whether it's offside or not. And when I heard uh, they're checking if it's offside, I thought, oh, well, we're definitely not getting it now. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was given uh, and dispatched beautifully by Moy. Um, Colin, do we have a new penalty taker on our uh, on our books? Cracking penalty. Absolutely. You, you, I mean, blasts it but it's also beautifully placed. He sends the keeper the wrong way, not much. I mean, other than just like a bit of height, that's the perfect penalty pretty much. And um, maybe the goal beforehand gave him that kind of confidence. And maybe now that he's got that uh, out the roads, maybe we do have a penalty taker or at least somebody to... Uh, challenge Juranovic when he um, definitely doesn't leave us. <laughs> definitely not. Um, uh, just straight after that, uh, Maeda has a run where he literally beats the entire the entire Hibs team. Um, and then as he gets, I think it's Rocky Bashiri, he's going into the box and Rocky Bashiri, I, I think it was a, a, either a foul outside the box or a penalty. What did, what did you make of it, Chris? I thought it was a penalty. I mean, when you looked at the replay in the first challenge he takes, he, he touches the ball. But then when Maida, he fouls him as he's going through. So I don't know if they've just looked at the initial touch on the ball and said, that's fine. But I thought it was a penalty as well. I mean, because he had him on toast again, you know, with his pace. And then it was just, I don't think he could have done anything other than foul him, if you know what I mean. That, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not a foul, you know. Um, because of the pace that he was going at and the way that he kind of moved the ball and he moved his body. For me, that was another penalty. Calling yourself penalty? Uh, absolutely, and the thing that really annoyed me about it is it felt that, I mean, people talk about stonewall penalties. Uh, there is maybe some debate to be had here, but he's leaving his leg in there after the challenge, and if you do that, it's a foul. You can see him, he's like, he's he's deliberately trying to impede Maida because he's already been beaten. So it's definitely a foul, whether it's outside the inside the box, that should be the debate we're having. But I think the way it was just glossed over, nothing at all, is because he's we've we've got a penalty and you're like well you can't really get another penalty right after it it just felt like that kind of referee sort of mathematics that they do you know like just like oh well you know um I'll you've just, already had a penalty um, what are you complaining yeah, about yeah exactly you know and it's it, it felt I I thought it was definitely a foul and whether or not it was absolutely and we didn't get to see hardly any replays of it so I don't know um absolutely yeah um sixty first minute um. There's a substitution, Abada comes off for Forrest. Um, and it's funny, as we say, when, when James Forrest comes on now, we're not like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're like, oh, Forrest is coming on. Um, which I think shows you how much he's kind of turned everything around this season. Um, but then the 63rd minute, Hatati wins the ball on our right hand. Hatati gets a pass and Hatati drives and he passes the ball to Kyogo. Kyogo takes the ball. It's a great pass. It's in between. It splits the, the full back in the, the centre half. Kyogo takes the ball and you think he's going to shoot, but it's a drop of the shoulder to get to kind of, um, you know, completely bamboozle. I think it's Rocky Bashiri again. And he just slots it through. Movement, composure, pace, ability, technique. Um, and that's just a pass. Um, and then you've got everything that Kyogo does. I was a little bit critical of Kyogo when we were talking about half time, but he is just one of those guys that when you get the ball to him in the right point at the right time with the right pass, he's clinical, Chris. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows what Kyogo's capable of. 
the heights he scaled for Celtic, some of the goals he scored. We always talk about the League Cup final, um, the two finishes. You know, earlier this season he scored a peach up at Tanadice. You know, his movement, we know what he's capable of. And that ball from Hitati, I mean, don't get me wrong if you're being critical, the gap that <laughs> was left for which to play it was, was seismic. But then it was, there was still a lot for Kyogo to do. And the composure, you know, to turn the defender and to place it past Marshall was absolutely unbelievable. You just want Kyogo to do that more often. Um, and I know there's, there's been some debate recently, you know, he's the top scorer in, in the league. He's, you know, got a decent, a very decent scoring record this season, you know. But you want moments in games like this, tough away games at Hibs. You want to see Kyogo doing this um, at Ibrooks, you know. That's when you want to see him doing it. And that's where he needs to go to the next level. And I've said it. Others have said it. He is more than capable. He has got the tools in his box. It's up to him. So it was really pleasing to see him do it then. As much as it wasn't a game-changing goal, it was a goal of such quality that it reminds you why at one point we thought Kyogo was capable of being a striker in the mound of Dembele, Edward, you know, And he's definitely got it in his locker to do that. But he needs to do it in more games like this. But it was really, really, really pleasing to see. How happy were you, Colin? Delighted, yeah, and uh, delighted as well. Not that he just he scored, but um, the couple, the last couple of goals he's got have been great goals, tap, but of the tap end variety. Um, even though that's not as easy as it sounds. So to to have that kind of composure and the control he's got, uh, you know, that's just great to see. Uh, and it, yeah, he's getting. Uh, hitting his stride before the uh, the the big game in the second, but I mean also um, a small shout out to Callum McGregor who was had about three or four men on him in the midfield in our uh, our part of the midfield, and he just miraculously it was kept on at the. It was like that that way that Rogic would weirdly seem to have the ball glued to his foot, you know, and he just weaved out and then he supplied to Tati uh, who could make that, that amazing pass. So, uh, yeah, I, I was, that was probably my favourite goal of the night. I was really, really cheating that one. Yeah, it was terrific. Um, and I just think, you know, as I say, like I, I was, there's no question. I was sitting at half time thinking, oh, I want Kyogo to do a wee bit more, do a wee bit more. Um, and then he comes up with that and it's like, yeah, well, you know, that's, I think, I personally have, I've been thinking about this, I probably have my expectations of what I want him to do on a day, game by game basis is probably too high. And I'm starting to realise that and I'm starting to kind of kind of wind that down a little bit. Um, he can be a match winner, he can be, you know, he can look completely world class, but my expectation of him doing it every game is probably unfair. And um, yeah, I was delighted for him to score. Um, 66th minute, uh, we get some changes. Uh, Taylor comes off for Benarabai. Um Gigi comes off for um, sorry. Gigi comes on for Kyogo. Um, a little bit worried seeing Taylor down, Chris. Um, obviously with the big game. But what was your thoughts on Bernabe when he played? That's when you want him to come on. You want him to come on when we are on the front foot and we are, you know, a few goals ahead because he looks a real attacking talent. You know, when he's um, pushing forward, he's capable of great delivery. Put a couple of good balls into the box. And he, he kind of kept him on the back foot. Any criticism or any issue that we've had with Burnaby is his ability to defend. So I enjoyed his wee cameo tonight, but I've got my fingers crossed that Greg Taylor's going to be fine for Ibrox because 
I really wouldn't want Burnaby starting the Ibrox. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Um, but Burnaby is uh, he's coming on, Colin. Uh, in terms of you know from what he was at the start of the season to what he is now, he's starting to really develop, and it's good to see. Yeah, and he's got real pace, and I think with um, when he was playing with Maeda um, at the same time, the amount of kind of uh, speed we had in the left wing was incredible. Um, yeah, he's a, a wee bit un, untested in defence, and that, but I think I think Turnbull just just reading the body language, it just looked like he felt a bit tightness in the hamstring, and and it seemed precaution, precautionary to me. But um, hopefully, that's maybe just uh, my glass half full. Yet again. <laughs> um eighty third minute as well. Um, we had uh, Maida and O'Reilly coming off, uh, coming off, and uh, Jota and uh, Rudy Vata's son. Uh, Rocco Vata made his debut, which was good to see. Um, he's his double, he's his absolute double. He is, I and again, just a wee, just smile, son. Come on, you're making your debut for Celtic. Come on, come on, smile. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on Twitter and check out the big man, the president of Albania. Uh, oh, he'll be, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely have tweeted about it. Actually, um, in fact, talk amongst yourselves. I'll do that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin, uh, you were happy to see uh, Rocco get his chance. Yeah, I. Um... I'm always pleased to see young talent actually getting the first team. Um, it's a little frustrating in a way just to see so little of it, though. I think sometimes just a wee bit more adventures, just give them a few more minutes so they can actually have a bit of an impact in the game, get a wee bit more settled. Um, but still, uh, great to see. And he looked, he, he didn't look like he was shying away from anything. He yeah. seemed to be um, really lively and uh, and confident. And um, there was a period when we were sort of applying, we were pretty relentless and he was a, a big part of the movement, I think. And it kind of petered out and they got a goal kick and Hibs got a wee bit of breathing space. But um, yeah, delighted to see him. Uh, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Like actually not just... 10 minutes and you don't see him ever again sort of thing yeah absolutely Chris what's your what's your update have you got an update he's no tweeted oh. there, must be, there must be some diplomatic emergency in Albania because he's, he's he's normally got plenty of time to tweet about the Celtic but yeah. uh, not not this evening so oh, well, maybe a wee bit later or tomorrow you know yeah we, know. We, we'll update you on that we'll, we'll, we'll certainly update, update you on that um, just to highlight again as I said at the st- kind of start of the, the, the podcast you know second win in 10 you know, the last time we were at Easter Road, it was a nil-nil. Um, we've had a lot of draws. This is a far more impressive display than I was expecting. I was expecting Celtic. I really was expecting Celtic to turn up today, tonight, and just kind of. I don't want to say use the phrase "go through the motions," but I was expecting them to get the job done. But we are really impressed tonight. Weirdly, kind of without getting out of second gear. Um, there's gears to come, Chris, and that's the exciting thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there has not been a point in this season where I've thought we've hit our stride perfectly. Maybe this the Dundee United game, but that was only because of the number of goals we scored. And and I think it's it's important to, even at the time, you know, with the whole Jack Ross situation, you knew we were getting them at the, the perfect time. However, other than that, you've I've always looked at us and thought there's more, there's more that we can do. You know, in terms of the squad that we've got. And in terms of what the squad will be come January, we've already got two signings, Kobayashi and, and Johnson, and we're rumoured to be signing um, the other Japanese midfielder, his name escapes me just now. And there was talk about Cho, the South Korean striker. So it seems as if we've got a group of players who are extremely talented, are doing extremely well just now. 
for me, I still think they can do more. I think the manager probably thinks they can do more. And we're adding more quality to that. So for me, it just it's it, it just seems as if if we can get a bit more, if we can just kind of get more gelled and go into that, the second half of the season could be absolutely spectacular. We would want that to happen on the 2nd of January, but we're in a position now whereby we can afford to go there and not win. And I still would be supremely confident with us going forward. Not that that's going to happen. We're going to go there and do them, right? <laughs> but that's the way I see this team. I think that we're so far ahead, all other sides in the country, and I don't even think we've got to where we're going to be. Colin, no, we are both big Hacksaw fans. Haxabanovich, you know, no Haxabanovich. Um, your man Ralston still to come back. JJ not coming off the bench, and I know he's he's, he's obviously been rumored to go, but he's still our player currently. Um, the future is bright. It seems like you know we, we could have turned up here and won an edgy one nil before the derby, but we haven't. We've turned up. We've done the business, and we're starting to maybe get to that point of putting a little bit before we get to the derby. Yeah, and I think. It looks like uh, there was some discussion earlier in the season that their squad depth was a bit of an illusion. Um, I think, with especially with Forrest coming back into form, and I think his brief appearance today was great. Uh, I'm really, uh, I was really disappointed. His wee, <clears throat> that clever little flippy goal at the end. Oh. oh, deflected over, and of course not even time for a corner. But um, he's he just seems much sharper, much fitter, and uh, even. Yakimakis, when he came on, he's he's not scored in a while, but like he's actually played a wee bit of football. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's he's controlled the ball a couple. Of, I mean, he's made some howlers, but um, it seems like he's working on his football, and uh, and I'm sure the the his XG will be climbing, and we'll see a return soon. So, yeah, it looks like we're our squad depth, and with the new arrivals in January, hopefully, will be um will be pretty much indestructible. Um. We have lots of content coming up for you um, as we build up to the Derby. We get um, podcasts every day until the Derby. Then we've got a, a live reaction um, a podcast as well afterwards. Chris, has your mind been changed in any way regarding personnel? Um, Haxabanovich was unavailable. Um, we, we still don't quite know what that's if that's a long-term thing. They said it was a small foot injury. But you mentioned you kind of the midfield three. Have is it is today's performance just given more questions or has it answered anything for you? The, the team's mostly settled, um, but I would play Moy now. I, I think Moy's, Moy's just a really, really good football player. Now, he's lost a yard of pace compared to his, his peak or whatever, his prime, but he's so intelligent that um, he's able to adapt. I think he's come back from the World Cup player, uh, World Cup, he's come back a sharper player from the World Cup. Um, I think his fitness looks a bit better, uh, and I think we're reaping the benefits of that just now. So for me, Moy would start. Um, and I wouldn't have said that. I mean, I've always kind of defended Moy. There was people at the start sneering and mocking, talking about him being another James McCarthy, which was absolutely never the case, and then he got a lot of criticism. I, he kind of seemed to bear the brunt of the, 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 the St Mirren result earlier in the season. Well, there's a wee cat, lovely. Um, but for me, he is he is a tremendous football player. You know, he's maybe not as fast, and he's maybe not that kind of all kind of encompassing. You know, hundred miles an hour midfielder, but he's just a really intelligent footballer. And right now, for me, 
he he's he's a starter in that midfield without question. Uh, calling yourself any questions or answers for the derby coming up that you've um, you've thought about? Uh, I think following on from Moy, I think he also really helps us playing out from the back, and I think that it was quite interesting to see it because we don't get to see too much of it when we're seeing low blocks. But today, I felt that we were kind of um, pressed a bit higher, and I felt that we were playing out of a high press pretty well. And I think Moy was um, helping out McGregor as well as being that person that's all of it, always available. And when he gets the ball, he rarely gives it away. So um, I think that's quite an important thing for the for the um, the second. Uh, and let's see a bit of composure at the back in the way that we want to play football is very reassuring. Yeah, um, for me personally. Um, the main thing would be get Hatati in the back in the eight. Get Hatati back in the eight, and whether it's Juranovic or whether it's Ralston, I just want to see a natural fullback in the fullback position. Um, final point, man of the match, Colin. Who was your man of the match? I'm going to go for Dyson. Um, I think there was ca- candidates I was smothering about. I think Starfelt was excellent. Um, I think Joe Hart barely had a touch to make and I think a lot of that was to do with Starfield being always at the right place at the right time in the 18-yard box especially um, but I think uh, and Moy had an excellent game but he got his two goals and he got his actual man of the match so I'm going to give it to Dyson because he didn't stop running did loads of defensive work uh, link-up play was good he was supplying he missed a couple of chances but he also converted a, 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 a almost impossible chance into a beautiful goal. So my boy Maeda for me. Dice Maeda. Uh, Chris Amani, your man of the match? Aaron Moy. Um, from start to finish, just a first-class performance. There was other candidates. No problem with with Maeda. Starfelt, again, I thought was excellent. For they, for me, those three were, you know, head and shoulders above. Maybe not head and shoulders, but they were, they were out in front as the best three players. But Moy just... You know, getting his first goal, coolness with a penalty, and then he's just his general performance. I just thought was really, really good. Um, so Adam Moy, one hundred percent. Great stuff. Uh, Celtic four, Hibernian nil. Uh, Adam Moy two goals. Dyson Maida and Kyogo. Um, outrageously good uh, performance from Celtic as we build up to the derby. We will have the cynic. will have a podcast every day. We've got the countdown on Thursday. We've got the derby lunch club. Then we got the cynic chronicles and then the preview. And then we will have. The reaction, the live reaction, so looking forward to that. But uh, Colin Kearney, it's been a pleasure as always, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, really enjoyed it and what a game of football. Absolutely. Chris Armani, pleasure, sir. <clears throat> Terrific. Thank you, Christopher. Enjoyed this. Great stuff uh, from Chris Armani, from Colin Kearney, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the reaction. Celtic smashing Hibs 4-0. We will speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.